So this bolt of lightning shot across the universe and inspired me with the idea that we have to do a podcast. And that's what I wanted to tell you. We should do a podcast. Okay, bye. Let's roll. All right, welcome to Feature Creep, colon. Built-in microwave. Semi-colon. We get a vending machine, but instead of crap, we stock it with random cool shit like stickers, patches, good candy, etc., etc. So that's the title of our. That's the title of this podcast. Um, I think I using that as a jumping-off point. Yeah, I mean, how how does one even (laughs) arrive at a title like that? Well, we have a long list of podcast topic topics um, or just ideas right. they're generally like titles in a list before we've actually fully formed the podcast right. and we share it and that we were randomly reading through it and there was that and I think I don't remember writing this but the etc etc sounds like something I would say I would also lay claim to that uh, okay so I'm still not sure then the jury's out on who wrote this right it's I wonder what DFW would have to say about our etc etc yeah He'd probably hate it. Oh, probably. Maybe he'd love it. Maybe he would. Maybe he'd like it in an erotic way. Maybe if it were, yeah, I don't know. I think if we were able to write about it cogently around it to justify its existence, then he might appreciate it. Though he strikes me as someone who just hates all writing, including his own. He also strikes me as someone whose name translates well to my dead people naming scheme where it's just their name but dead in front of it once they die. And Uh so he could be dead Foster Wallace. The initials wouldn't even change. Right. (laughs) I feel Uh, like we've done some excellent work here today. Okay. So we've settled that. We settled settled that. This podcast is about a minute long. I think we just cut it off here. Right. I mean, usually we aim for an hour, but this is probably, to be honest, people probably aren't even listening to this anyway. What's the point? What's the point of anything? Yeah. This episode is about nihilism. Nihilism. <laughs> no, I am. I am. We're going to do this. We're going to talk about a vending machine and this idea. And we don't have to worry about who wrote it or why it's there other than it got. I, I'm assuming that at some point early on at the early creation of this list, mm-hmm. it was also sort of a dumping ground for ideas that we had about projects. Um, so... Here's what I'm thinking about this project. Yes. Because I'm already going off in like six different directions. Wonderful. And I missed like half of what you just said to me because I was Perfect. like in my own head Good. going like, I'm going to tell Ned about this. I said nothing of value. Tell me those things. Great. So here's what I'm thinking. Yeah. We can listen back later. Because we're stocking this with unusual items. Yes. The concept of people paying money for these things is just, it's a non-starter for me. Yes. So they've got to do something to get these fabulous items, right? Okay. Well, what if what they have to do is perform a task and the task, which is known to us as the designers of the contraption, Uh is to force them to go out and selectively acquire a like scavenger hunt item Uh that we will then slide into the box for someone else to get as a prize later. So every person has to get a prize and put it in to get a prize out of it and what the prizes are will be determined by us and the mechanism by which they are acquired is by forcing people to go through the motions in order to get the cool prizes and so we control the narrative of the prizes and when they're given out okay okay all right so um that's just one idea i spiraled off on all right you had some other ones or is that the one that stuck 
Well, it, that was just like, how do you, what do, do people have to perform some kind of a task in order to get something okay, out of this? Sure. Like, like what would those tasks be? Okay. So, um, <sighs> how like, would we verify them? Yeah. So I want to set aside the implementation part for a moment okay. because there are possible solutions and I could spend all day thinking about that, but I think it's important to swirl around the concept first before right. we worry too much about implementation. Um, I, so this, this immediately made me think of this old, um, this old episode of the twilight zone called the parent zoo. Okay. And it's parent, like your parents. Parent, yeah. Parents. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, I think it's called parent zoo. And I think what it is, I, if I remember correctly, the episode kind of like starts out with like the kid convincing his parents to take him to this zoo and he goes in the child entrance and they go in the parents entrance. Oh. And then and then he is or he or she, I can't remember, the child, it doesn't really matter, is like going down the is is sitting in this room and these conveyor belt of parents are coming by in their like habitat now. Yeah. And they're trying to convince him to adopt them as his parents. Oh. And so he's exchanging his parents for a new set of parents that are much more appreciative and better. Yes. And so like, you know, his parents go by and they're like screaming at him and freaking out and like, what the fuck is happening? And then some other parents go by where they're much more like trying to convince him that they're going to be great parents for him and why they should adopt him. And like, they're like, they have this, they've invested in marketing. They've invested in marketing. They have their whole little like, like mock kitchenette area oh set up God. where they're sitting and they're like, look, we would have this wonderful it could home. Be this. You could be this. You, if you, if you lived here, you'd be home right now. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, anyway, I, I immediately went to that kind of idea when you were talking about like this sort of the level of performative action that would be needed from participants yeah. who are participating in the vending machine. Um, so I like that idea. I don't see why, um, I, what would the tasks be? So, so here's a thing. Right. Um, if we had, for instance, if we went with a con- like a, a conventional vending machine where you enter letter codes in order to get the the objects to come out, um, you know, after putting some money in, uh, in that instance, you could have people need to go acquire a special code in order to get retrieve an object. Um, so in that uh. case, it could be kind of puzzle based. Now, in that instance, it doesn't necessarily require them to put it in. I mean, a traditional vending machine would not would not have an immediate mechanism to take one item and restock it. Right. It would require someone to show up and restock it. So um, if we want to go to the place, if we want to go more towards what you're talking about, where it's like you need to put an object in in order to get an object out, uh-huh. then um, we would need to create a, a custom machine, which is not beyond the scope of this project. I'm uh-huh. just... You know, that's where we would go. I could imagine um, you could probably create a custom machine that used machine vision in order to categorize and potentially recognize like objects that are being put in. Like what if it's something even like super low tech Uh where like you just have to deposit an item Mm -hmm. in this box. Right. And then whoever like physically is co-located with the box like i assume me with my front yard oh i see right? you would go out to it and i would then, go out and check yeah and then that would go in the back of the rotation and uh-huh. so anyone if they saw something in the rotation yeah like it's a linear function right uh-huh. like you one toy in one toy out okay but 
to advance the toys, yeah. you could be the same person who just put three more in, three fulfilled three of the tasks to get to the toy that you really wanted. Right, right. Um, so, I mean, in this instance, you're you're basically performing the automated portion of it. Yeah. So, like, they put the they put the toys in the queue, and then you come out and put them and push stock out them. and stock them. Yeah. And then they can get the new toy that they want. I guess so, yeah. Or like that's that's really interesting because then there's like the time function, right? Like right. in what space of time is this happening? Because obviously I'm not going to run out of my house and check every time somebody puts something in the box. Like there's got to be like a 24-hour turnaround or something right, like that. Right. And so that would be complicated. Yeah. I think um, it would be complicated. I mean, I, I like the idea of the machine vision because you could set it up in such a way like my concern is just that people like stoop to the lowest common denominator. Right. So Mm -hmm. if, if you're, if you're hoping that they'll spend some energy and thought in participation, Mm -hmm. but they could just as easily pick up the garbage cup on the ground and stick it in the hole. Right. Then that's what they're going to do. Right. Especially if there's a reward of some shiny toy. Right. And there's like, Oh look, I can poke a piece of garbage in here and get toys out. And now there's all garbage in there. Right. So, I can imagine um I could imagine something where you had to show a camera a thing like say look here I have this object and then it would open a slot that you could put it in like it would be you know <clears throat> yeah that's making me think like the machine vision's like gone a long way I mean and the great thing about it is it wouldn't have to be perfect it's not like people still might find a way to spoof it but we're only really talking about you know, maybe 20 or 30 objects that are getting right. fed into the machine over a course of six months or something. Yeah. And if one in five end up to be not what it thought it was, that's fun too. Yes. Because it's not going to just be any garbage. It's like, oh, they were supposed to bring a teddy bear, but they actually brought a cardboard cutout of a teddy bear. That's kind of hilarious. Right. You know? Yes. The, the inventive ways in which people respond to the thing. Right. And then in this, and then in that case, it would be more about human interaction with machine which is kind of yeah. what we're talking about here in the first place is having yeah. a vending machine because we're removing a teller or a um, the, a human transaction. Right. It's no longer a human transaction. Right. I also love the idea of putting things in a place that is very hard to reach. Yeah. Like, like something of great value for whatever reason. Uh-huh. Um, the value of it might be in its scarcity uh-huh. alone in a sea of giant mouse traps. <laughs> right? Yes. Like I just want to I just want to see which ones of you are actually going to go for this. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like or like 60 fa- I mean obviously these are things that would work better in conditions where I'm not legally liable for any damage that would happen. Sure. So maybe my front yard on the giant mouse trap contraption is yeah. out of the question. But right, right. Just something where you have to perform an insane feat. Uh-huh. You know, like virtually like like the equivalent of capture the flag, uh-huh. but for your own prize. Right, like, right. I don't even know. You know what motivates people? Who the fuck knows, right? Uh, I yeah. would just be like uh, an entire field of mousetraps so I don't get this thing. Well, now I'm definitely going to go through the mousetraps. Uh-huh, yeah. Like, I, obviously, that's what's happening. Right. <laughs> I am that person, you know? So I, I'm like, maybe that's like a little lighthouse for me. Like, uh-huh. who else is out there? Like, I'm just yeah. going to send out my little mousetrap beacon Uh and see who answers the call who shows up (laughs) to walk through a field of mousetraps to get a weird thing it's sort of like like 
I mean, mouse traps can be quite painful. Um, I don't know if you ever played with one, especially rat yeah. traps or like Ouch. you break a finger. Yeah. Um, but I can they're painful, and part of part of why they're so painful is they're so startling. Yes. Like you never get comfortable. No, you never. There's like really any do. second, it's gonna hurt, and then yeah. it does. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah. I like that. Um. I was thinking to you know to kind of rein it back into the like if we just got a you know a surplus um or like a used vending machine Mm -hmm. you could more simply um just set it up to like say take everything was a quarter yes um yeah you know and it's more about and and then and then just recording i mean the interesting thing about that would just be to see what items go first like there's all kinds of interesting study like studies i i hate to like make it too invasive and but but you know i mean like for instance if you put um you know different kinds of like like non-perishable foods in there and everything costs a quarter what goes first how fast does it go what things never go yeah you'd be like you that would be weird because you'd be running an experiment on people without them knowing they were part of an experiment right right i mean it's fairly self-evident like if i even when i look at at vending machines i'm like there's a certain amount of experimentation here because this person it's stocked this way because this is what they think is going to sell best yeah and hopefully the person behind it gets a sense of like you know they put a variety up and then they probably know what sells the most and then over time like if you've ever been around a vending machine like over years yeah you see how it evolves and you're like oh where it used to be just one row of m&ms there's like four rows of m&ms right. and everybody like, loves m&ms yeah so <clears throat> um yeah i don't know i think it would be interesting um i was trying to think about what you could put in there i mean you could put just <clears throat> pieces of art that were like say 3d 3d printed objects yeah or like little paintings little or paintings, like i mean yep. you could be it this could be an art vending machine and in order to get some art out of it you have to put some art in yeah yeah that would be really easy that would be really easy yeah yeah, it would be really easy. I oh, I wonder. Like that may be the better idea, actually. Oh, you know what? I wonder if we could do this. I wonder if you could change the dollar scanner, so the bill scanners, if you could change it so that it scan, it just scans the image on the bill. Mm-hmm. And so um, it would, like basically you would have printed paper there that were dollars, like the basically like a dollar. Yeah. The size of a dollar that would fit in the scanner and some like art supplies and people could just color on them and then feed them in. Oh. And then it would scan them and send that scan like post it on the internet or something. That would be fucking cool. Yeah. And then they would get whatever thing they wanted. Then they could just choose whatever they want. Oh, that's a really good idea. Yeah. See, the problem with our scheme was that it needed more art. It did need more art. Well, I don't know, but I mean, it's great. Like that's why we talk about it. right? Right. Um, how many minutes have we been talking about this it took us 14 minutes to get to that we have solved everything in 14 minutes <laughs> we're our geniuses, we're our geniuses. Just put some more art in that right just add, it's just, just missing some, some art listen i keep saying this and one of these days you guys are going to listen you just put some more art on it right. just turn up dial up the art a little bit yeah yeah mm-hmm. so uh that's it i'd like that I like that route. I think that would be pretty fun. Um, I was thinking about 
what would you what would you put in there um you could still do both experiments you could both require people to put art in there um i feel like i need to have a mousetrap in there somewhere yeah you could have mousetraps on one of the things I'm just real fixated on this mousetrap concept now. You like that? You just want to get I just some like I there. just want people to undertake their own punishment to accept what they think they deserve. Uh huh. Like, I don't know. There's just something the sadist in me. Maybe uh-huh. it's like, yeah, go, go see how that works out for you. Like a tiger pit. Like a tiger pit. <laughs> see who falls in. If there was some kind of like mechanism to include a series of escalating dares as we've discussed previously i would be powerless like a moth to a flame how would you how would we even like how would you automate the dare process like break it down for me so i have no idea i mean just break down okay yeah we don't have to like get to the point of like how you would automate it just break down the process of of the escalating i want that thing Oh, you want it? Do you want it really bad? Do you want it bad enough to do what I dare you to do? I dare you to do this. Not, I, I, essentially the dares would escalate to the point where someone was powerless not to do it. Uh huh. And so I, I don't know how that works, but I am susceptible to this myself. So if it was like, well, how about if I double dare you? Uh How about if I triple dare you? Like, what does that even mean? It doesn't mean anything. It just means that, like, I'm calling your bluff harder and harder until one... Like, it's a war of attrition. Yeah, right, right. Okay, so... Um, I have no idea how this would actually work. That's okay. I I want to... I think we can explore that. So, um, there's two participants. Okay. And one of them... So... <laughs> So one of them holds some object of value to the other one. Yes. And then. Must it be of value to both of them at the same time for the dares to escalate? And right. Work? Because the dares go back and forth. It's like, no, I dare you. Right. Okay. So better is that there is an object of value. Okay. And in order to decide who gets to take the object, mm-hmm. two people have to play. Yes. So. You have to find someone who's willing to do this with you. Right. And so. Both of you, and so the person who, it's a game of chicken. It's the person who turns away first doesn't get the object. The person who does the final dare is the one that gets to go home with the object of value. Right. That's what we're talking about. Yes, I think so. So in this situation, there's some (laughs) kind of game that escalates some level of participation. So the first one is like, okay, like we both register, like you and I show up at the machine and we say, yes, I agree that we're going to get the widget of value out Mm -hmm. of this machine. Mm -hmm. And so then it says, okay, who, you know, who wants to go first? I'm so excited about this. Like it's actually happening in front of us right now. And so you're like, okay, great. I'm going to take the dare and your dare is to like, you know, um, I don't know, stick your finger in a dirty puddle on the ground. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Like it'll have to be some interaction with the machine though. Right. Yeah. So. Um, in this case, it could be like, like one, one finger snap of a, um, <laughs> of a mousetrap, <laughs> right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so in this case, oh, you know what this makes me think of <laughs> yeah. is, um, in, uh, did you ever see the movie Dune or read the books? The movie? Yes. Okay. Yes. So I won't know, even get into why that's funny, but go on. Okay. So you know that why not? <sighs> so this is digression. Okay. We'll digress later. Um, 
when uh, Paul Atreides is being tested by the um, can't remember the name of the witches, but the uh, the the women, right? Yeah, and he has to stick his hand in the box. Yeah, he takes his hand out, then he'll die, right? Because they'll poison him with the needle against his neck or the it's finger. Crazy, yeah. yeah. And then he goes through all these like psychological tortures as his hands in the box, like right. his hands not actually burning, but his experience is as as if it is. Mm-hmm. So I can imagine that we could have a box like that that you stick your hand in. Yes. And in there, we could do things like blast your hand with air or spray it with water. Yes. Things that are pretty mild. Like non-harmful. Very startling. Startling. And then it would say, okay, participant two, will you up the ante by, say, having your hand slapped with a ruler Mm -hmm. and then putting it in there? And then it would just be a blast of air or something. But each time, it becomes more and more psychologically damaged like scary yeah. you know things that could escalate to the point of like will you you know i love how we're like approaching the like stanford prison experiment yes. in terms of like the total ethical bankruptcy of this idea but i love it yeah so um the whole time like you can you can also <laughs> do a lot with just telling them that your hand's now going to be burned right <laughs> and all you have to do yeah. is just spray it with a little bit of warm water and it's going to be startling as fuck or oh. quite cold water. You know what I mean? Like, have you ever, it, have you ever put your hand down on a stove, not knowing if it was hot or cold? And because you had an anticipation of there being maybe something painful, you yes. were like, I can't tell. Yes. Like that's, a, I think that's a weird thing with our senses too, with hot and cold that specifically yeah. gets mixed up very easily. Yep. But yeah, like some things that are very hot and some things that are very cold feel just like the opposite. And so it's hard to tell. Yeah. So um, what I'm suggesting is that you could then have a screen that would basically be saying like, are you willing to go to the next level? Oh my God. And the next, and at some point it's going to be these like pretty egregious things that you're putting your hand in there and having Mm -hmm, done to it. mm -hmm. Um, So that is a, that, that is a thing. I feel like this could almost be instead of like putting up in a front yard where yeah. there, there would be, you know, like little free library and torture device, <laughs> <And> torture device. <laughs> but you got to bring a pal. There's no way that's going to get ex- exploited. Right. Um, I feel like this would be the type of thing, like the traveling photo booth for like people's fun, personal party events. Like, uh-huh. Oh, did you get married and you want to have like a photo booth at your fucking reception? Yeah. You can also have the dare machine. Exactly. Yes. Do you uh, want a fun wedding or do you want one that's memorable? Right. <laughs> if you like dare, memories. You want a dare machine. You want a dare machine. Oh, man. <sighs> yeah. Uh, we need to build a dare machine. <laughs> this would be great at Halloween parties. It would be. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this would lend itself very well to any environment in which there is a lot of natural one-upmanship. So pretty much everywhere. everywhere. I mean, literally yeah. everyone all the time, everywhere all the time. Yeah. Shut up. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> no, you shut up. No, you shut up. Um, I all right. dare you to shut up. So we've got, we've got several different ideas about how things are, are basically vended. Um, how, yeah. how does one extract objects of value out of this vending machine? Well, one of them is a series of escalating dares. And Which, and and an investment in pain. And an investment in There's pain. There's got to be an investment in pain here. Right. Um, another one is... So what do we have? We, oh. Um, <laughs> bong. Uh, ex- art exchange. Art exchange. So art goes Should in. Should I be writing this down? Out. 
Uh, sure. Art yeah. in, art out. Okay. Art in, art out. Yep. Um, in, what was art. the first thing you talked about where we were? Uh, pain in, art out. Pain in, art out. Pain in, uh, To be honest, you could probably just do it out. by yourself mm-hmm. um, where it's a series of escalating dares with the machine. And the more the more you're willing to do, the greater your credit is. Yeah, I was just as you were describing it, yeah. I saw where you were going with that. I'm like, yes. Yeah. Oh, it's so sinister. Uh-huh. I get the same sort of like, this is fun that I get about like when I play The Sims. Uh huh. We all know how that goes. Yes, we all know how that goes. Yeah. I'm in the the very clearly the- defined minority of people who go straight to despot. Uh huh. Yeah. Just like, how many people can we kill? <laughs> right. <laughs> to bury them all in my backyard and then invite people over to feel sad and then kill them too. <laughs> oh God. It's so, it's so awful. It's terrible. Killing everyone in your neighborhood. Well, a lot of it has to do with like that horrible curiosity that I have all of the time, right? Like uh, horrible only because it's unrelenting. Like uh-huh. it's just a hollow void inside of me. Questions, questions, questions about everything. And so like, that game for me is all of the fun of playing the Sims uh-huh. is in the God mode. It's in the like the 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 architect mode where you're constructing the places where they live and selecting the items for right. their environments and stuff. And what what uh, what it dawned on me was like this game is fun because I can see how fast it takes a bale of hay to ignite in front of a grand fireplace. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's very quick, it turns out. And if you don't have a phone nearby, everyone's gonna die. <laughs> Because Sims don't realize that they need to stop panicking and call the fire department. They just stand there burning alive and screaming. (laughs) And so it's like, if they didn't make it so much fun, I wouldn't be curious. Like, I'm curious whether that marble statue will burn or not. Right. I'm going to put it on top of the bale of hay in front of the fireplace. Right. But I I mean, I would argue that you're, yeah, I mean, I think that's a natural, like, you're the kind of person, you're the kind of game player that I appreciate when it comes to games that I want to make or I'm making or I want to play. Like, you want to explore the entire field of play. Oh, yeah, the whole thing. You're not interested in in what it says on the box about what you should do. No, I'm like, how long does it take a sim to die in a room that is one by one and no windows and you haven't done anything to improve the space? Right. The answer is, like, three days. And... I so I've been um lucky enough to I play Dungeons and Dragons on on Fridays usually with some friends of mine and uh I recently took over the dungeon master job mm-hmm. um because the the current dungeon master was he was like well I just want to play for a bit and I was like that sounds great I'll do it. Yeah. And um this is the same kind of thing where when you if you're <laughs> not familiar with role playing games like there's someone who my job isn't just to tell the story. Like we're all right. telling the story. You're keeping we're all it. playing a role. My role is to play all of the non-player characters in the story mm-hmm. and to flesh out the backstory and the history of the area of the realm or whatever you're you yeah. know, adventuring. And, um, and there, and so the scope of my responsibilities are broader than any individual player, but they're still the exact same in nature. Sure. Right. Yes. And, um, and it's really interesting to me because when you're telling, when I've like, when I set up the adventure that I was working on that I wanted to tell them about or mm-hmm. to have them play through, um, I was trying to be really cognizant of the idea that it's like writing a game because they're, 
they're like you. They're going to explore the entire field of play as best they can. Right. You know, for instance, I had them starting out in an inn, and the one of the first things they did was want to light a barrel of liquor on fire to blow up the inn. <laughs> well, duh. Right. And so I already knew, I knew I'd played with them before. Mm-hmm. I was like, I, I need to be prepared to tell the story of how that works. Yeah. Right. Because I know that they're going to want to do, look at all the things. So I try to think about, not anticipate what they're going to do, but think about how can I be in a place where right. it's okay. Like it's okay that they do anything. And I'm, that's the joy. I'm going to be surprised. I don't know what they're going to do. And so I'm always going into it being prepared for that. Um, and you talking about the Sims that way. It's mm-hmm. like, Exactly. Like you write a game, you can't, that's not a wrong way to play it by any means. Right. The game, like especially games that you're not playing two player games, there's this other agreement, but yeah, like the thing with the Sims is it's like, if you don't want me to do these things, don't give me the obvious two step solution here. Like first step, make everyone fall in love with you. Yeah. Second step, once you've earned their trust, kill them. (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) Like they've, obviously engineered this into the gameplay on purpose so what i'm just going to do it and see what happens right yeah i mean it's the same it's the same logic extended to a variety of situations how do you gain everyone's trust in a quick amount of time kiss them and give them a ring and then they will fall in love with you and then you can catch them unawares (laughs) catch them unawares Uh and like uh, there's just so many like permutations of the outcomes i mean there's a lot of if you put a sim in a pool and take out the pool ladder in construction mode and don't put it back in, they'll just swim until they get exhausted and, and die. And die. <laughs> I also found, because uh-huh. I really hate the idea of children in real life, but also especially in games where I have literally zero incentive to want to care about children who don't exist. Yeah. The like, if you do a good job with your sim partner, eventually they're like, you know, the game throws out these prompts at you where you had just a decision point, uh-huh. right? In your life story, which is, I don't want to care about the life story. I just want to build fabulous couches. Uh-huh. So <laughs> like, they're like, Hey, you should have a baby because that's the hazard of marrying someone and uh-huh. gaining their ultimate trust is then they insist that you have a kid with them and then right. you're stuck with this fucking baby. Right. Right. So I just built an Island in the middle of the swimming pool and put it on the Island where I couldn't hear it from. <laughs> inside the house <laughs> and eventually if you ignore it long enough i found yeah the child services just come and take it away you don't even have to like starve it to solved. death they just hey you don't deserve to have this baby i'm like well i didn't want it in the first place but thank you for recognizing this finally please take it away i'd like to put uh, my pool ladder back in uh, God. you know right i spent a lot of time designing that pool uh. <laughs> <laughs> just the pool is like this is the trick for winning the sims and living a happy life is like the god of the sims just make a pool and uh-huh. anything you don't like about the like uh compulsory gameplay you just put it on an island in the pool until it goes away <laughs> until it goes away <laughs> that's great yeah that's great but anyway about this vending machine <laughs> yeah so speaking of vending machines um yeah. So I, what was the first thing you had in mind? Uh, you were saying, Oh, object in for object out. Object right. in, object out, right? Yeah. Art in, art out, pain art. in, object out. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I, I mean, I was thinking too, that's also like coming from a different direction. When you first think about it, it's like, okay, it takes change or pocket change or money. Mm-hmm. And then what would be from an automation point of view, 
what's something else that people have a lot of? Um, not that people have a lot of money, but it's something that's a very uniform. Um, mm. For instance, like hairpins or uh, like bobby pins or paper clips. Is or, this MacGyver? Oh, maybe. I'm just thinking about like <laughs> some some common object <laughs> that would be non-monetary value that you could easily integrate into the vending machine as a form of payment. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think we we've kind of hit the nail on the head with the drawing on dollar shaped pieces of paper and feeding them into the machine is pretty great print your own money insert it into this machine yeah exactly yeah it would just it would be entertaining just to see what people printed on their own money it would be very interesting i mean that so like there's there's got to be some kind well there doesn't have to be but i think we're missing an opportunity if we're not doing this for some goal that is revealed to us right or achieved over time in the background of people getting what they want on the surface, right? Right. Like right. you get what you want. All you have to do is give me this little piece of art. Right. And the beauty of it will be in the collection. Yeah. Like no one little fake dollar bill is going to matter, but a whole bunch of them is what draws out the, like, why did this person make it this way and not this other way? Yeah. Why did, why did this person think to include this and this person didn't? Right. Like it would just become very unusual. It'd be a way to like force people to submit force people into an act of self-expression yeah 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 pretty cool i mean you could do it you could also do it something like um Hmm. not provide the art resources just have directions on the side of it and just say draw look here's the directions draw a dollar bill feed it in the machine and people could feed dollars in if they want we don't care yeah like Okay, that's uncreative. Right. But, but better is to go draw on a dollar and put or go draw on a piece of paper. Yeah. Feed it in the machine. Um Yeah, I don't know. It'd be interesting to see how that turns out. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be probably the easiest to implement because most of the machinery is already there. Yeah. Um that really only involves tinkering with the scanner system or creating a separate scanner system that you use. But right. you could probably do that with an Arduino and a shitty camera it's doable yeah this is within our reach yeah yeah exactly (laughs) you know if you didn't have to worry about like the vending machine itself like you could you could create a vending machine from scratch that is very reminiscent of a vending machine but doesn't actually have all of the like gears and shit for all of the unused slots right right you could just have the main slot with the big coil around it and yeah i mean you could you could do this in many ways that isn't strictly Right. adhering to the actual functionality of a real yeah. vending machine. Yeah. The idea, I, I just, I like the idea of people extending themselves in some way to get something what they I, want. I don't disagree. I like that. Rather than just being, hey, give us some money. Um, yeah, throwing money at problems just doesn't... I feel like the original idea um, was much more originally just about having interesting things in there. Mm-hmm, yes. Like um, shit people would actually want. Yeah, definitely that. Um Right. Yeah. But it could be both of those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Um, now let's think about that for a second. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what kind of things should we put in it? I don't know. I want things that are simultaneously attractive to dumb, insensitive corporate overlords uh-huh. that satirically appeal to the masses working for them uh-huh. and then put it in like their lunch rooms and shit. I do like that. I think that's a pretty excellent, excellent <sighs> idea. 
think we should do that. Like if it's one of those workspaces that's like, just spend all your time here. But look, we have a ping pong right. table. Yes. Exploding ping pong ball. Oh, yes. Something that's like, you know, remember those cap like, guns that you could play with when you were a kid that were yeah. like, pop, 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 pop. Uh-huh. like exploding. That would be hilarious. Yeah. You heard that echo throughout an office. Pow, somebody got an exploding <laughs> ping pong ball out of the vending machine. <laughs> So a lot of gag gifts. I, I like that. Definitely gag gifts. I think that's pretty great. In um, a perfect world where logistics were just up to the imagination, yeah, I would make this vending machine something that people are saddled with until they go through the whole course of objects in the machine. Oh, like yes. this fucker is now cemented into your lobby uh-huh. until you fulfill the, the, contract the contract. Right, right. And acquire all of the things in the vending machine, at which point we will come and remove it but not before. Right. Right. You are stuck with this. I like riddles. Riddles. Yeah. I really like riddles. Uh, so there would have to be some kind of riddle element, I think eventually. Yeah. Like you have to, there has to be some kind of like intellectual muscle exercise going on. Yeah. I don't disagree with that. Um, and, and some way we have to be able to reward the people who come up with things that are utterly shocking to us. So, Yeah, I don't know. I I was thinking about there's a lot. So if you just kind of think about it from a design point of view, and I'm thinking of a vending machine, the kind of classic snack vending machine with the coil. Yes. That, and you have the keypad to yeah, enter like in the A5 number. There's like A5 or yeah. whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So That's exactly what I was thinking of too. It was like the faux wood grain and yep. like chrome. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> yes. And so I'm imagining that if you kind of ripped the guts out and you just left the interface there's a lot of buttons to push. Yes. There's a lot of different ways to interface with the machine, um, both getting things out of it and the things you can put in are you can put in coin shaped objects and uh, bill shaped objects, yep. right? So, um, so you could put coins and you could put bills, you but could, we yeah. hope you find other things that are not those things. Yeah. And so I can imagine the whole thing is a kind of a weird puzzle box and the things inside of it could hold clues about what, else you could put in it Mm -hmm. and they could also um there's nothing that says that you have to get something out of it like Um, something comes out that says like have you tried putting a something in yeah or um you could also have a hidden distribution point somewhere up that drops like notes or something that (gasps) you don't actually see and so you might think you're selecting something and you end up with a note that tells you some clue yeah or um I like things that are really like when you push A5 on the machine, yeah. the A5 doesn't happen, but something else over here happens instead. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking is like you could. They're like Easter eggs. They're like Easter eggs. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, you could even, you could feed stuff into it on the, like you could write stuff on the bills. Yeah. And then it would tell you, like it would read that. Um yeah, I don't know. I think there's I think there's a lot of really fun things to do there. It seems like what we need to do is just get our hands on a vending machine. Yeah. A broken one preferably because we don't need the we don't need it to work like a normal vending machine. Right. The usual functionality end up, like, is replacing not replacing most of that anyway. Yeah. Right. Um I also like the kind of vending machine that it's like it starts to give you one thing and then stops and thinks about it and gives you something else. Oh my god, if it could like retract yeah like, like I w- it's starting you know what? To, on second thought like you see the thing act start up and then it's like nah and mm. it goes back for a second and then it starts another one and then eventually it ends up on like you know i don't know 
salty the vending machine that doesn't give you what you want it gives you what you need Uh (laughs) fill in your own feelings about this (laughs) well if we put that in a corporate environment it would literally give them nothing (laughs) (laughs) right you don't have needs you're not a people right no matter what the supreme court says yeah We have a real problem in this country. <laughs> uh, just the one. Just the one. Just the it's one. It's a big one, though. It is a a lot of sub clauses. Yeah. There's a lot to unpack there. <laughs> so, uh, like, how far back are we going? To the start. <laughs> All the way back to the beginning. Yep. Um, so, we've kind of talked about having art in the machine. Art could be used to liberate other pieces of art from right. the machine by adding art. Um, so is that like the meta layer of meaning here? Like art liberates art, pain liberates something else. I mean, I feel like pain liberates pain. I, Oh man, could we set it up where it's like whatever you put in, the next person gets out. So oh, shit. Um, That's very immediate. Yeah. I was thinking it would have to go into, like, in my mind, when I saw that rotation happening, yeah. it was separated by, like, 10 objects. Right. So whatever you put in is, like, 11th in line. And right. I, I also had a feeling, like, there should be some way that you can't, like, I don't want it to be a straightforward thing. It can't be, like, I want that. I got to do the thing. I get the thing I want. Right. It's got to be like, you know, in the whole thing, like, be careful what you wish for. Uh-huh. Like, yeah. you wish to be a millionaire, but you didn't make the specification that that money would not come from the life insurance policy that you're now cashing in on your spouse. Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. You're a millionaire, but you're alone. Right. So like, I feel like there has to be some kind of element, like a, like a, well, okay. Like, here's what I was thinking about when I before said, I cut you off. No, no, no. It's <laughs> appropriately. What um, about my idea though? What I was thinking about is is uh. more conceptually, like if you put pain in to buy something, then mm-hmm. the next person gets pain out. So, for instance, if you put art in mm-hmm. to buy whatever is currently available, yes, then um, then the next person, the next currently available thing is some art, right? Yeah. So categorically, they would be different things, but. So we've talked about having this sort of pain box, this pseudo pain box that maybe yes. squirts water on your hand or warm water or like a jet of air. Or Makes something. you feel Startle- like, is this painful? You, I think this is painful. It is it tells, painful? Right. It tells you it's going to be painful, but right. it's not but it's actually not. physically damaging. Um, so like we have the pain option. So you could pay with pain. Yep. You could pay with money. You could pay with um, with art. I feel like if you're going to pay with money, it's got to be a hell of a lot of money. Okay. Yeah. Just like. Do you, I want to twenty dollars or uh, twenty dollars Yeah, the right. the ability of I have money now. I get this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Um, anyway, I mean, I'm just kind of Im- imagining. The reason I was thinking about that is it's sort of a social experiment where, right. um, how often is someone willing to buy pain to get pain out of the machine with something nice? See, in a t- yes, I you're going where I'm going with this because yeah. one of the titles of the machine uh-huh. that I thought would be great, but like you, in a real world, there's no way that we would ever do this, right? Yeah. But it's called Would You Bleed for That? Would You Bleed for That? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it could still be titled that even if you don't actually bleed, but a little, a quick blast of air and a little bit of warm water 
goes a long I way when you can't see what's happening. You know what I mean? Farted and peed on me. <laughs> right. Is that, is that painful? I don't know. What's that liquid? Is my hand bleeding? I can't see in the box. Right. I think my hand is bleeding, you guys. Oh, my God. So you want to hear a hilarious story? Of course I do. It involves. <laughs> well, hang on. Let me think about this for a minute. Yeah. Okay. I'm ready. A parking lot uh-huh. of a large grocery store uh-huh. in Minnesota. Okay. If I'm remembering correctly, forgotten items in the okay. store. Yeah. And extreme summertime temperatures. Uh-huh. So this woman called for help from stand passersby in a parking lot one time because she had gotten in her car and she had groceries and she put the groceries in the back seat or whatever. And she had one of those like rolls of like, you know, crescent rolls or whatever, where it's under a lot of uh, pressure. Uh-huh. And if yeah. you just the, like, peel Pillsbury enough, dough, Pillsbury dough or like, or whatever. The, yes. Yeah. And like, I think it was cookie dough or something. No, the cookie dough has to be refrigerated. So it wouldn't be under pressure. The, but like, anyway, the rolls or the, the rolls. Or yeah. So she's got that like in the, t- in the top of one of her bags of Biscuits. groceries. And for some reason she was in her car for a while and the car heated up or like it was summer and she had to go back in to get something she forgot or whatever uh-huh. and came back out as she was sitting in the Pass in the driver's seat. Yeah, the roll exploded. Okay, so it was a super loud noise. Yep, in a very enclosed space. She wasn't expecting it, and it. She felt it on the back of her head, and when she felt it and looked at it, like it was those crescent rolls or something, she thought it was like part of her body coming apart. Like oh, she no. thought she had been shot oh, because no. she felt like yeah. the explosion on the back of her head, and then she reached back and it was like all a little gross bit of dough or something. and looked at it. She's like, "Oh my god, that's my brain." Like I've been shot. And so she was like panicking alone in the car. Oh no. And like people eventually like saw her Uh and like, you know, this is before cell phones. Okay. Yeah. Like this is a while ago when I was a kid and like this story hilarious, right? Because this poor woman thought she had been shot and her brain was falling out until some strangers were like, Oh, it's just cookie dough or whatever the fuck that is. Uh You're fine. Oh God. You're not leaking brain matter (laughs) all over your car. Uh huh. And I just imagine this car being like a New Yorker uh-huh. or like something with like a big poofy headrest uh-huh. and like, yeah. you know, like can't no visibility and everything's brocade. Uh-huh. Just like <laughs> the mess of exploding crescent rolls all over the back oh, of someone's head. Fantastic. Oh, my God. It's just that's bizarre. very um, that has like a very like urban legend to it. Yes. There's another um, urban legend that my ex's mom used to like to tell all the time. And I just, after a while, I was like, I don't know if this is actually true. (laughs) Um, The first time she told it, I was just like, oh, that's a very, it's a very like emotionally charged story. And she would tell it about the, um, she had names for all the people too. It was like, oh, the whatever family like decided to like go have a picnic on the runaway truck ramp. Oh God, you told me about this. Like literally no one does this, but go on. Yeah. And so they had decided like, you know, they were in rural Pennsylvania and they'd had a, they were going to have a picnic, the family picnic or something. And so then the name of the, she even knew the name of the truck driver. He was coming down the hill and he was on a runaway truck and he saw and he knew that he couldn't go up there. So he just drove on down and died in a fiery car accident or truck accident because he had to save that family. And it was, you know, because it's, it's like the trolley catholic. problem but you have to kill yourself yeah and it's funny because i when i think about it you know she's catholic and it's like this is a story of guilt this is a story of martyrdom but i, I right but i mean the guilt yeah. of having like done yes. something 
that caused someone else's suffering. Right. And so that, you know, it's, it's this like, it's <sighs> guilt porn. It is guilt porn. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's totally guilt porn. Um, anyway, urban legends, myths, whatever you want to call them. It's stories. Fabulous. Yeah. I love them. I love the good ones because well, you can spot the good ones from a mile away because they include details that would be impossible to verify. Yes. Right. Yeah. But that are told as a matter of course, as a matter of fact. As a matter of fact. Right. Yeah. Did no, you know? Nobody who nobody's even around to verify that detail. They all right. died. Right. Yeah. Uh yeah. There's always got to be a death, right? Yep. In an urban legend. Right. Somebody's dead. Yeah. I was always one of the kids who had the guts to like say Bloody Mary like 50 fucking times into the mirror when everybody else would chicken out at maybe 49. I yeah. was like, just say it. It doesn't, nothing's going to happen. <sighs> Dream crusher. I, yeah. My like foray into like Ouija boards and, and weird, weird paranormal stuff was like really short lived, mostly because um, I just never had any reason to believe any of it yeah and so i was already just really skeptical without understanding what it meant to be skeptical right um like, well this doesn't make any fucking sense <laughs> yeah and it was really clear to me it was just like this doesn't this can't be like when you think about it even for five minutes it's like even if it, like it, no like none of this works yeah like it's never it's not even like logically consistent within itself right and you and so there's so many points where you have to take a leap of faith that you just start to realize it's like but then if any you're just one making of, me do all the hard work of imagining this shit here. Right. And then if any one of the things were true, it all falls apart. Right. If you're going to make me do the heavy lifting of an imagining of imagining all of this stuff and yeah. that's like, you know, the yeah. deal, then I'm not going to make it the way you want me to. Right. Yeah. So this is a non-starter. Um, I was just thinking about uh, <laughs> an interesting resolution to an urban legend that's actually not an urban legend. Um, I when I was recently at dinner with my um with my girlfriend's family and they live across from the school mm -hmm. where i where i went to high school like literally right across the street and when i was i think i was like 16 or 17 there was a guy in our friend group uh named dave that we hung out with a lot and they had all been out drinking and i had not been out that night mm -hmm. and so he'd gone out drinking with some of our other friends in the group and the next day I found out that he had been, he was in the hospital oh, no. because they'd gotten really drunk and they were like climbing on the side of the school and he fell off and like smashed oh. his head and like had major brain damage and was like in a coma for like, it's like really sucked. Right. Yeah. Um, but, Don't climb things when so you're drunk. I'm, but he, the, the great thing about the story, I mean, despite the stra the tragedy was that he did recover and go through a lot of rehab and eventually, have i mean i don't know him now so i don't know but he seemed mm -hmm. to the last time i'd seen him he was quite cogent and you know knew who i was and like he didn't remember a lot of things i mean he had quite extensive brain Yikes. damage but it was a pretty amazing recovery and was you know he was able to walk again and do all of the things that you know yeah you might expect of being human um so i don't know the full extent but anyway so i'm having dinner <laughs> And they were talking about the school across the street and how, you know, when you have a school like that, it's like when the fire alarm goes off, you're there, like mm -hmm. it's blaring in your window and all of the things. And, yeah. and they were saying, yeah, even that one time when that life flight came, 
And then that reminded me of my friend Dave. Yeah. And I was like, oh, when was that? And they told the story. And there was like, yeah, that guy like fell off the thing. And I was like, I know who that was. That was Dave. And they were like, we never knew what happened. Because why would you? They didn't know yeah. who it was. Yeah. And so I got to tell them. Oh, my God. You got to tell the story. I got to tell the story and Holy be like, shit. oh, yeah. Like he he fell off. He he lived. He went to the hospital and he was in a coma. I remember like visiting him for, man, weeks and weeks we used to go. Whoa. I think he was in a coma for like easily like three or four weeks or that something. is so like, unusual that people who are comatose come out of it like yeah that's I all it's they show that in the movies all of the time but it's really it unusual really bizarre yeah i mean it was like i ah, man i should see if i can find find him i think maybe one of my friends still is in touch with him so yeah like people who slip into a coma it's really unusual to come out obviously yeah. if you medically induce a coma i that's think different. it might have been partially medically induced or something i mean he had a huge swelling. amount of swelling and stuff yeah yeah so and if was, he was drunk too that means he probably bled considerably which yep. could have caused a lot of uh, inflammation also right um yeah. and then your brain swells up and then you die yeah which is bad which is bad yeah yeah anyway um i it's just it's interesting because they anyway i just thought yeah. it was kind of a cool little resolution it's nice to share that with somebody that, that it comes and, full and circle you, listeners as well you can sort of appreciate i suppose yeah um in this case someone is not gonna die right no one's gonna die right i can't believe it's so funny to me so um to put that in context our I've been looking through the statistic, the listening statistics of our podcast, and we have one episode called Somebody's Gonna Die, which is about <laughs> the trolley problem and, and sort of, you know, ethics and talking about all of that. Uh. And um, but for whatever reason, that title must be really, really like popular because it gets so many hits compared to the rest of our podcast. Tons like, of hits, but like, then people abandon it right away. Like, this yeah. is not what I was expecting. But it's like factors of 10 greater yeah. than what everything else listens to. I mean, I think we generally have our like roughly 60 listeners right now. It's very humorous. That are regular listeners. Yeah. And so most I can't believe our, there's that many. I, I go back and forth. I don't know because yeah. I have to assemble them across all of the different right. platforms. And some of the platforms won't give me any numbers because it's too low, but they won't even tell me what number is too low. Mm -hmm, so I have no idea mm -hmm. if it's like, if we ever see a number, it's going to be over a thousand or whether we have so low, like it's do they do that 10. just so they can brag on the back end of their like investors and shit about how they have these amazing numbers. No, the reason that they do that is because of, um, if it's because of privacy concerns. So ah, okay. if, if oh, you're right, right, we've talked about yeah, this, if they're reporting like two or three listeners by logical deduction, well, if I know that there's two or three listeners on that platform, I can also do a lot of like IP reverse looking up and stuff. And there's other things I yep. can do to kind of like snoop out. So it's kind of, I, I guess that's their thinking around it. Um, I don't know, but, yeah. um, just in case listeners are wondering, we don't, do any of those things i don't store the st the statistics data that i store on the proper on our private server is just whether it was listened to or not by a, a fairly unique id um i don't we don't have any like i don't know if you're a male no. or a female or you know this is not like a normal or, podcast where like we have no and we're not monetizing it currently right um, so there's no money happening we're not right. nobody is in nobody's interested in our shit except for the the two of us, basically. the two of us, <laughs> yeah. and maybe anybody who we've tricked into listening right. for some. Although I reason. still think maybe our um, our executive assistant Dana, I suspect that she may be getting a lot of emails that she's not passing on to us. I don't know. She's just so that. you know that's she I mean, takes she does her such job, a good job so seriously <laughs> and like just wants to do it good and yeah. She wouldn't let us know if there was a problem because she just handled it. Right, that's true. That's right. Why we all work together so well? Exactly. Yeah. She's got her hands full right now. Yep. Um. 
No, but seriously, it would be it would be pretty interesting to see what it's so hard to know what, yeah. what the listenership is like. But it seems to be, you know, every week there's like I think there's like forty or fifty unique users that hit the website. Um, That's so funny. And to they me. listen to various podcasts. I mean, I don't know how much of it they listen to, but I know that they like at least load it up. Yeah. Um, and then. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Well, I hope you're enjoying it. Yeah. I'd love to hear from you. If yeah. You email, Twitter, whatever. Yeah. Email's great. Email's it's good. Like direct. We have. We have plenty of time right now. A lot of time on our hands. Yeah. I mean, as you could tell by the title of this podcast. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, uh, well, I feel like we've at least like made a, a first pass at the idea of a vending yes. machine in which we put some shit in it, etc. Carved out a et little cetera, et cetera. headroom for this. Yeah. Yep. Hmm. Um, do you have anything more to say about that? You, no, I just would love to know what people would want to see in a vending machine that actually had shit they wanted. That would be, yes. Like what? What's your what's your like dreamland version of a vending machine? What's in right. that vending machine? I think I feel like I just want to be delighted by whatever is in there. Yeah. And so what are those things? Like they must be some For me of, those things are really absurd. Yeah, absolutely. Like um, Like a packet like of glitter. A birthday cake, birthday cake shaped hat. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Party hats party hats yep um you know a vending machine with party hats is just the kind of thing that it's like it's two in the morning and you and your friends are like hanging out mm -hmm. and someone's like man it's too late to get party hats and you're like no it's it's not not. i know exactly where to get some and then you all jump on your bikes and everybody brings quarters and you run down like down to the like yeah the side of the 7-Eleven or something where there's a vending machine that sells party hats. <laughs> the hat the hat machine. The yeah. hat machine. The party in a box. Yep. Oh, party in a box out of a vending machine. Eh? I, That's a weird thing. I'm pretty sure I own that domain. Yeah. Partyinabox.com. Yeah. I think you do. I think I do. Yeah. It's hard to say as we've maybe revealed before on this podcast, albeit briefly, we sort of have a compulsive problem with collecting like domain names. <laughs> domain names. Obscure domain names. Obscure domain names. Yeah. Yeah. Partyinabox.com. Ridiculous. Or is it it's something like that? Yeah, I think it's something like that. I don't remember. Um Fucklower Grove. Fucklower, yeah. Yeah. Or uh, whatever they're called now. Yeah bastards yeah yeah well yeah i don't know what else is there to say i don't know do you have any uh tips for living well in hell oh um yeah i don't know if i've said this before but a lot of problems you just cannot buy your way out of throwing money at a problem doesn't solve a problem right it doesn't do anything really somebody's got to take that money and convert it into something on the far end that actually makes a difference whether it's you know, whatever. So, like, uh, finding other solutions to problems that don't involve throwing money at them is a really good skill to pick up, and it becomes very valuable over time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, I think it behooves you to know what the solution to the problem is that you're fe- feeding money into. Oh, yeah. To look at it another way, or you know, if you're if you're solving a problem by throwing money at it, it might behoove you to like figure out what the people who are getting the money are doing with it to solve the problem. Right. This probably has a lot of valuable context in the world right now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, 
Yeah, I think here's here's maybe an even more concise tip. When you are trying to solve problems, your first solution should you should avoid the first solution that you comes to mind being throw some money at it. Right. Like how can we fix this? Shouldn't be here's my credit card. Here's my credit card. Right. Can I just pay for it so that I cuz a lot of times when you're paying for shit, you're just displacing the labor associated with making a thing. Yeah. Yeah. And so the same is true. Like if you pay someone to come be your plumber, it's because you're unable to be a plumber, unable or unwilling to be a plumber, right? right. You're paying someone to do something you don't really want to do. Right. And so if you're throwing money at organizations or um, worldly solutions with no skin in the game for the outcome, yeah. then you're not really doing anything. You're right. just paying someone else to worry about it so that you don't have to. That's fair. Don't fucking do that. Wait, so are you saying that we should all be plumbers? Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> that's it. We're all quitting. Um Ned and I, this is our last This is our last communication. Podcast. Yeah, last communication. Uh we start plumber school on Sunday morning. Of course uh-huh. we're paying triple for it because it's a Sunday. <laughs> oh, plumber joke. Plumber slam. Damn. <laughs> Damn. Um what is, I was just thinking, oh, this is our last communication from the realm. The realm. This is the realm, right? Yeah, this is the realm. Yeah. Okay. We're in the realm. We're in the realm. We're in the realm. Yeah. Yeah, I'll be, uh, we'll be bi-coastal soon. We will be bi-coastal soon. Um, I'll be on the north coast. I will be on the southwest coast still here in San Diego coming to you. Mm-hmm. Not live, pre-recorded, heavily edited. Not at all heavily edited. Not at too, all edited. Too lazy In to fact, edit. we're probably going to regret that lack of editing someday. Oh, I'm sure there's not, there's not going to be any way this ever comes there's to bite us be, in the ass. There's gonna, there's going to be some episode that is already out where someone's going to be listening to it and they're going to be like, I know what that sound in the background is. And it's going to be like a toilet or something. And yeah. it's just going to become like this clip. Anyway, whatever. Yeah. I I was going to say too like in yeah. our cases like oh if we if we had done a better job of editing this that future conversation with our employer about a content of our one time podcast will never, never threaten been. our job security just uh-huh. kidding we're both unemployed so right. it doesn't matter right. <laughs> it doesn't matter what we say exactly we'll never get fired from a job we don't have yeah you can't fire me if you don't hire me you can't fire me i quit <laughs> <laughs> Ah, uh, so good. I feel like I, I I I was just gonna say I feel like I've quit a job that way, but I was never actually in any danger of getting fired. Right. And so I just escalated to the "you can't fire me." I quit. Nobody said anything about firing. <laughs> Did she just walk off the job. <laughs> what just happened? I I think I quit a job one time that way. Um, not really quite that way. But I quit because I was just like, it, the hilarious thing to me is that it's so one-sided. People, when you quit like, mm-hmm. and don't give two weeks notice, yeah. they act like you're the worst person in the world. Yeah, it's like some... S- but companies fire people at the drop of a hat all, all the, the time. time. You Like this idea that you have like any kind of job security or they're going to, you know, if they're going to terminate you, they're going to give you plenty of notice or that there's any reward for loyalty, whatever that means None whatsoever. None. You can work for a company for years None. and years. And as soon as you're expendable, you're done. Yeah. And it could be for any reason. Yeah. There's just no, you know, 
it's just for all those things you read about like oh well hr and this and that and you have rights and stuff and it's like sure you do but you like yeah you not don't really you don't really i mean who who has the time and the money and the resources to assert and sue for those rights nobody like that is the calculation they're doing for every person you read about who's suing and fighting and like fighting a termination and trying yeah. to get their job secure and stuff there's 20 people who just got fired and didn't have any resources to do that and mm-hmm. they just have to deal with it yeah um which is sucks for them and it's a fucked up industry yeah this human humanity of capitalism and in, in america hr hr yeah fucking human resources gross gross just the fact that you have it i mean it says it it says everything right there human resources so here's a resource we we we're gonna mine it yeah extract it right it's fucked up process it industrially yep Ugh, you guys we don't have to do this anymore we don't we don't they can't give us all detention (laughs) no And I'd like to think that we've come a great distance from that kind of mentality, but guess what? We haven't. It's still fucking high school. We're still just going to have to not show up for class one of these days and be like, you can't make me. Nope. That was me. That was my high school. Like Mm -hmm. I, at one point I figured out that having detention, I didn't have to go. Yeah. There was I like the worst repercussion that I was, was that I would be expelled from school, which is what you were, Trying Which to accomplish. I was already not really going to school. Right. Except for some of the things I enjoyed. So I just kept doing the things I enjoyed until they decided to take them away, which they never did. Right. Because they couldn't really, I wasn't like violent or aggressive mm-hmm. or I just stopped. You were just civil, do, civil disobedience. Uh, civil dif- disobedience. Yeah. Um, right. I mean, I was like that in middle school, to be honest. Mm. I, have this, I have this box of like referrals that just start with like, you know, I don't know what I did. I didn't do an assignment. You're going to get a referral. Yeah. So I had a referral to detention and then I was at, like in lunch detention or something. And then at some point there's one that just says um, this, the referral was like Ned is going to, I have them because they were like mailed to my house or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. the one, the the final one is like Ned, Ned left early and said he's not coming back again. God, did it, it feel amazing to read that? Yeah, it was awesome. It felt amazing to read it like years and years later because I vaguely remember it. All I really remember was going in there being being quite aggressively like verbally accosted for not doing my homework. Yeah. Which is what you were supposed to do with the time in there. Right. And then I remember thinking this is hell. I'm not I already did. The reason I'm in here is because I didn't do my homework because I can't. It's too uh, like it's too painful. Right. Um, The thing about ADHD brains is that things like that are physically excruciating excruciating yeah um i mean it's why it's why it's such a problem with like school yeah Um, yeah and so to then be be told that i have to sit at a desk at lunch Mm -hmm. and do the thing that i didn't do at home because i can't do it at home why do you think i can do Do it it here? here and so i'm not doing it and she's getting mad at me about it yeah and i'm like well i'm you know i'm not i'm not meeting you halfway i'm just i can't do this um, I mean, I didn't have the words to say that then. So I was just like, I don't know, whatever. Okay. Like I'm going to sit here and then I'd be distracted by something and do something else mm-hmm. until she'd come over and be like, you would need to be doing this. I'm giving you another referral. And I think that's when I was like, I'm not coming here anymore. Bye. And left. Um, man, that was a pretty free moment. It was pretty great. 
I, I had like, fuck yeah. I whatever. had over 300 hours of detention that I was supposed to serve before they you would give me, me my, yeah. my high school diploma. But then yeah. I was like, I I pled down to a half hour. That's pretty great. <laughs> I was like, I don't really think you have anything to go on here because I technically was granted emancipation. Uh-huh. So I consign myself out of school and so the idea of giving me detention seems hopelessly outdated can we just not have this be a thing for me how about if you do a half hour today and i'll just wipe it okay i can do that Uh sounds like the easy way out oh man every once in a while i've been in a negotiation situation like that where i felt so strongly about it that I wasn't even willing to give them the thing that was going to give them an easy out. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, no, I mean, I'm not, you know, <laughs> like in that situation, it's like you, you misunderstand. You think that I want a diploma from you. Like right. that's going to give me some value in my life. Yeah. No. Like I don't want any of that. I'm just here because I actually don't actually know why I'm here. And now I'm walking out the door Ned says he's not coming back again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know this feels I mean? like, like prison. I'm leaving. Right. Exactly. Um, yeah. Oh, man. All right. Well, I think we've we've successfully, totally tangentially left the topic there. Right. Um, I think we can wrap Mission up. accomplished. Mission accomplished. All right, everybody. Okay. Thanks. Okay. <laughs>